You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. John McGinn's early winner takes Aston Villa to second in the table after an impressive 1-0 win over Arsenal at Villa Park. Just when you think Man United are back on track, they once again spiral. This time they're dealt an embarrassing 3-0 loss at home to Bournemouth. Tottenham bring Ange Ball back to the fullest after sweeping aside Newcastle 4-1 at home and Everton take advantage of a slumping Chelsea and secure their second win on the spin with a 2-0 victory at Goodison Park. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. OK, mate. Uh, weekend off for Mr Musto. Again. Um, we'll move on. Uh, kind of off. Kind of off. <laughs> v- Villa Park uh, was a scene on Saturday of a, a big game. Top of the table, uh, Arsenal taking on a much improved Aston Villa, a great home record, 14 straight home wins in the Premier League. Um, good game, Rob, lots of issues around it. It's Villa that come away with the three points in the end, Unai Emery getting one over his mm. former team. Give me, give me your thoughts on, mm. on the game mm. and, and your bigger picture of, of how things went from Villa's point of view and then maybe we'll talk about Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, really enjoyed the game. Really enjoyed the game. And just watching it, kind of marvelling, really, at how Villa have changed, improved, Rob, over the last two or three years, where, you know, they weren't far from the relegation zone under Steven Gerrard, and now, you know, they look like they can go toe-to-toe with an Arsenal. I thought it was a very even game, Rob. Um, fascinated, really, with the high line of, of Aston Villa and Unai Emery's tactic on that that we saw first-hand um, on day one away at Newcastle where it got exploited many, many times over the top, balls over the top. But over the course of the season, Rob, he's grooved it. And yeah. I think you're starting to see now the reason, the purpose of it, why he's doing it, how effective it can be, basically having that really, really high line where everybody knows is there's a risk involved with players running in behind. But, but the positives are that you can keep teams very compact. Arsenal don't have a lot of space to try and find their combinations. They keep Arsenal away from their own goal, Villa, that is, when they're pushing so high. They've got a goalkeeper that's ready to jump off his line to get balls over the top. And Arsenal, which they didn't figure out a way of getting behind that high line. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I like about it, Rob, because it's something different. And that's a, aside from the way the Villa play with the ball, which is very unusual, very different. Um, we spoke about many times on this podcast, Rob. I thought it was a culmination of really bright tactical coach in Emery and how he set this team up with and without the ball. But I just thought in terms of that high line, you know, when sometimes us, to be fair, and other pundits or viewers and that watch games and thinking, wow, why are they playing such a high line? There is a risk towards it, but the better you get it, you know, you're almost cutting off the attacks at source, not allowing to build. Um, When you can apply the pressure and it's a very small area for the midfield players to, to have to work, I thought it was a great example of that, Rob, and that, for me, was the main reason the Villa won the game. Arsenal got a couple of looks, of course, good chances, which is always going to happen with that tactic. But I just uh, thought, Rob, that, that that high line, was a, that was a great example. That That's a clean sheet. That's not only Arsenal, Rob. Of course, the last yeah. game they beat Man City 1-0 as well. Two clean sheets with that really high line that maybe stops these real footballing teams find the space that they, that they desire. Yeah, I, I think it's well-made points. Um, we, we did have a, a little breakdown, and then through time, obviously, the big NBC window we weren't able to do. But we had a, a little breakdown of the high line being pressed almost to the halfway line. 
with almost six mm. players in those central areas that were dominating possession with Watkins and, and, and Bailey, often the two who will break higher up in the pitch to, to yep. cause a problem. But that box of McGinn, Tielemans, Kamara and, and um, Louise actually Louise, yeah. really stu- uh, broke down Arsenal, made it difficult for Arsenal. I thought second half Arsenal did a bit better. I thought once or twice Kai Havertz made a couple mm. of good runs in from deeper and they got in. But you're right, it, it's a risk-reward. My sense with the system, my sense... With the players is is twofold. One, I think they start believing in it, Rob, because they see it works. And two, results tell you everything. Result: fourteen Premier League home games, um, fourteen wins at home tells you that you'll get mm. a buy-in, mate, to anything if, if if it's producing those kind of things. And I wanted mm. to, you mm. know, I don't know why. I'm, yesterday, I, I, I was watching some a bit of TV, and it was showing you. Um, mm. Playoff finals, you know, great playoff finals in the championship to get into the Premier League. And it was going through the years and there were the classic ones that, that we all remember, the, the Man Cities and the Charltons and whatever. And then it showed the a Villa one, Rob. 2019, 2019, five years mm-hmm. ago, Aston wow. Villa won the playoff wow. final yeah. against, yeah. Uh, against, it was Derby. It was Frank... Lampard's Derby. Yeah. Dean, Dean, Smith, Dean, Dean Smith, Smith, wasn't it? Dean Smith. Dean Smith with yeah. uh, John Terry as an assistant. The winner, the, the goal scorer that day that won the game was John McGinn, a very long, young-looking John mm. McGinn. And I remember that Villa team, Rob, and I'm thinking five years ago, and then we forget Villa came up, stayed up the first year, Dean Smith did a good job. Second year, didn't yeah. quite go as well. He gets that. Steven Gerrard comes in. We think, OK, different era, new set of players, ambitions mm. of the football club. We didn't, that didn't quite work out. Unai Emery comes in. And, and I was thinking to myself, Rob, remember, I remember during the pandemic when Dean Smith banned the R word, which was the relegation. We're not going to talk about it. No one talks about it. We're going to get on with our business. You know how all that started. And then what made me really chuckle to myself last night was I heard Unai Emery say, or, or John McGinn actually said, we're not allowed to talk about the T word. The title, and I said, "Wow!" <laughs> I in those it. five years, they've gone from the R word to the T word. <laughs> That's how good they are, mate. It's incredible the, the, the turnaround this football yeah. club. And do you remember, Rob? We I think we had some conversations, maybe a year or so ago, where we've said, "This is an ambitious club. This is a club that wants Champions League football." And right now, yeah. they are on track with this manager. Whether they win the title, I don't believe they will. I think it'll end up costing them. Yeah, listen, these players, Buendia's to come back, Mings is to come back, these, these players to come back. I don't mm. think we're going to get a Leicester. Mm. I'd love to see it, and, and I'll be supporting them all the way. But Champions League football for Aston Villa would be a remarkable turnaround of where yes. this football club's come from to where it could be heading. That, that is the target, Rob, and, and that, I totally agree with that. I'll, I'll just go back on the title challenge, Rob, and, and, and push you a little bit more on, on um, why it couldn't be a Leicester. Yeah. You know, we, we, we know that everything was, was perfect for yeah. them in terms of injuries and form players, etc., etc. The, the way that they did it, I'll never, never, never forget that. The energy that they used, and they just they suffocated every team they played against. Now, I'm not saying that Villa are going to go and do it, Rob, but I still think... I think in the conversation, you, did you both say, certainly Phil Neville said they're not going to win the Premier League. And, that, yeah, and that's he, obviously a strong take on it. Yeah. But I think, you know, the, 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 they have a chance of winning the I, Premier League. I, yeah, they they just do. that's what I said. Exactly the same. That I, I said, if you're sitting third in the table, Rob, with the, put, the amount of points yeah. they got, they're in a title race. Two, two points off the top. You've yeah. just beat Arsenal. You've yeah. just beat Man City. Yeah. And kept clean sheets race. in both games. You're in a title race right now. Now I don't know how long it's going to last for, and maybe the, you know, the 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 the, the, the tactical side of it. We just talked about the high line. Maybe the teams will get in and, and they'll drop down. But when you look at the league table now, and the, the top four are between 33 and 37 points in Villa, right in that, at 35 points, and we're not. It's not as though we're like six, seven, eight games in. We're 16 yeah. games in. We're almost halfway there. They're in a the race right now, and I think we 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 have to. Well, I, I certainly think that why not? I think the fans will believe that they can. Why can't they? You know, just beat the two two main favourites for the league title in City and Arsenal before this, the ball was kicked. So no, it is. Um, 
No, it, it, it's it's remarkable, mate. What what? I mean, let's face it. It's one guy, Rob. It's a manager. It's yeah. a coach that's come in and changed everything with his his tactical acumen and his detail. And and we know the hours and hours in meetings and on the training ground that he's got to get to this point. We know he's obsessed with football and is showing with this Villa side that. I mean, I, I just love to see a packed Villa park absolutely bouncing. I got some friends again that, that are Villa fans that, that that really like can't believe what's happening at their club, and um, it's just it's just a great story, Rob, and um, fully deserved. And a, I just thought it was a deserved victory against an Arsenal side that didn't didn't do a lot wrong, Rob, and played no. played with some good chan- uh, some good football and had their looks at goal, didn't take those chances. Um, I I still think just going back a little bit, Rob, and what something what you said, I thought you were going to hit it and you didn't. It probably will be a matter of time before teams start to figure out. Like this is the thing with the Premier League, Rob, isn't it? You know, yeah, a team can do something quick. differently yeah. and get an advantage for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Now it might be that, that, that all right, Villa. Okay, we've got to get midfield players making runs in. You know, whatever it is, then it's probably going to be a deeper runner to break the offside trap because because mm-hmm. Arsenal got caught many times on the offside. Somebody probably will figure it out, and the teams will start to figure out the high line possibly. Um, but just just through swinging it back to Arsenal, Rob. I mean, anything that's that was out of the ordinary, disappointing. This is a difficult away game. I think you said it. One of yeah. the toughest places to go, yeah. if not the toughest place right now. Anything disappoints you about Arsenal? Um, a little bit of sharpness around the box. I thought an in, an inform on top of his game. Odegaard puts one of the two good chances he's got. They work yeah. it well. Habits yeah. gets in. He comes across the the box, and the one man you'd yeah. want in that situation. I thought. Didn't quite deliver for them, mate. Um, I thought Saka looked a little bit like he. he very rarely do I see uh, Saka look like he's a bit got the hump a bit. He's not happy with himself or the game. Or he looked a bit off. Mm. I don't know, mm. and I don't know if that was mm. the way he was being played. I thought Dunia did a really good job. Well, having seen him against Match City, where he played high and pinned Walker back, I think they realised his threats were wide. He was much more disciplined in his role. I thought he did a good job on him. Martinelli didn't get that much change out of concert on the other side. So those two areas of threat where we normally see Arsenal come good. Just didn't yeah. think the front player yeah. sparked for them, mate. I think that kind of felt like the difference for me. Mm. Mm. Just a couple of things on some big decisions, Rob, the referee, which is almost yeah. every game. We, 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 should, we just should bring it up real quick. Mm. I think there's a couple of them. The foul on Jesus in the box... Um, that that for, I think it was Douglas Louise at one of those yeah, where he gets to the ball second and he yeah. makes contact. We saw one earlier mm. in the day, I think, at Liverpool where yeah. we saw a, a couple of um, modern. In, um, yeah, Edward got. Yeah, like we're yeah. we're seeing these now where the referees aren't seeing them because they, you know, and then we're getting the the analytical eye of the, the slow motion camera and it picking up a lot of things. I I did agree with I did agree with the uh, the call on the field. Yeah, um, I'd agree. What was it? It was a no call, wasn't it? Yeah. No but I think a lot of Arsenal fans, yeah. to me, mm. on social media, oh, what's this? Why was this different to this, that and yeah, the other? And yeah. I think, you know, there's probably arguments there. There probably were contacts like that that we've seen. Well, I know there has been like that and they're given. Now, that, I'm afraid, in that little grey area of, of subjectivity with different referees and different yeah. takes, that's what you're going to get. I think it's one of those. I didn't have a big problem. I mean, even if you had pointed at the spot, I would have probably said it's a bit soft, but we've seen them yeah, given. Yeah. So if you're an Arsenal fan... I just think that's it. Like sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, and that, and that's the way it's going to be through the season. The other one was the handball, wasn't it, on the Kai yeah. Havertz that it, it, it hit his arm before he stuck it yeah. in. They had to look at it a few times with the. Um, anything else on that one, Rob? Did you? I mean, yeah. I thought it was the right call, but I again, like, it, was the it right looked like call. a foul in there. It whether there was a foul, yeah. I think someone's suggesting that Cash handled it first before he got to yeah, Havertz on the like hand. That. So again, I, and I'm, I was. I'm going to say disappointed because I understand why Arteta, well, for, basically said he didn't want to talk about those things. Mm. And, and the, that wasn't, yeah. I didn't feel there were, there were big, there's been times, I, you know, and I'll go back to Not Newcastle, big, big when areas, I yeah. thought, you know, mm. mistakes were made and Arsenal were, were denied points. I didn't yeah. feel it was that way yesterday. And Arsenal no. fans no. and play have to accept sometime that that's going to happen. Some things are going to yeah. go away, yeah. but they can still continue on. It was a decent performance. As I say, I thought the last yeah. third of the pitch was where they weren't as sharp as normal. Otherwise, they would have at least got an equaliser. You know, they, they got in enough times, created mm. enough chances, and didn't put them away. Yeah. And if, if, if yep. that's the way the game's going to go, then you have to accept sometimes the opposition mm. uh, 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 have got one over on mm. you. All right, mate, we're going to move it on now, if yeah. that's okay with you. Yes, um, 
and mm. it's uh, back to to one of the biggest stories that's been a while around a while now. The Manchester United story, Rob. And again, you guys led with that this morning for the opening yeah. chat. Man United nil, Bournemouth three, is a is a stunning scoreline. Mm. Um, God, blimey. Uh, it, you know, we, we it was only midweek, Rob, where yeah. you know yeah, we're like Chelsea that was good, yeah. that, that was bright attacking play, and that's more like it, front foot, and they gave up some chances. We said that to be fair in midweek, mm -hmm. and this was one of those situations, Rob, where Bournemouth now have got confidence. They got a manager that's figured things out a little bit, but they were this game was very much like a counter attacking. Um, plan for them very well organized very tight and looked very very sharp on the counter-attack and Man United right now Rob in their desperation to get on the front foot yeah. to, to, to get the attacking players on there to, to get Old Trafford bouncing there's still a little bit of question over balance midfield balance the defenders getting caught out of position um, and it's just when you see the scoreline Rob it's like I, I, you know I think I think I think for me now that closes off the right and again, I hope to be proved wrong. That closes off the rough start from Man United. Mm. Eric Ten Hag's finding a way to dig himself out of a difficult hole. Here we go. There's some changes. Certain players out. It, 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 this is going in the right direction again. Yeah. Well, I just think now it, it, it's not and it can't. And there's going to be good days. Um, but, but sadly, those, did, those good days aren't going to continue no. whilst this squad is how it is right now. And, you know, I... I I, I don't change what I said on the last podcast, Rob, and I, I, I remember it very vividly, that let's wait to the end of the season for Eric Ten Hag. If they, if they found a way to get into that comp the European competition, then he continues for me. If he doesn't, it's time to, to make a, a switch. And I saw Phil Neville today, Rob, was yeah. kind of... Was, was, was probably against that, saying that, you know, let's not fire this guy. Mm -hmm. Let's, what we've done all the other times, let's keep Eric Ten Hag, like, he's trying to do the right things... And and there's of course that's Phil's opinion, mm. and of course there's some truth in that. But even with the players that's available to Eric Ten Hag now, Rob, and I'll throw it back to you, yeah. that that's not right, is it? Yeah. To lose three nil at yeah. three nil at home to Bournemouth, e even when you know the squad isn't maybe what yeah. everybody expects it to be, that's pretty poor. And, and again, I'll, I'll go back to my, you know, for me, if the end of the season they're not qualify for the Champions League and somebody else has a go at it and there, there's going to be big changes I think with, with Jim Ratcliffe buying in I think he is going to tear it up and start it again in terms of the backroom directors and etc the recruitment which absolutely has to happen because this all goes back to bad recruitment of the squad yeah. but the Eric Ten Hag question Rob is going to continue mm. and it's, I don't think he'll get answered till Jim Ratcliffe comes in the building the 25% the, um, if that's the ownership comes in Believe we will have to believe he's going to run the football division. The Glazers have less to do, which I yep. think can only be a, a good mm. thing, a positive thing for Man United. The biggest decision he's going to make, thing, Rob, yeah. the biggest decision he's going to make when he walks through the door, and I would assume, um, and we talked about it a little bit off air with, with Rebecca and Phil, I would assume Jim Ratcliffe is the kind of man who's assessing everything as it, before he goes mm. in the door. The biggest decision he's going to make, because my, in my opinion, and, and, I, and I had it a little, uh, publicly today, we're at the stage of it needs a rebuild, it needs a start. We can't keep saying, oh, this week good against Chelsea. You beat Chelsea, you win manager of the month, you win player of the month, you win goal of the month, and then you put in performance like that against Bournemouth, mm, who mm, scored three goals, mm. three headed goals, no reply, uh, lack of mm. interest, effort, all the things we, we've seen, Rob. It's not like... To me, it's mm. like, let's stop kidding ourselves around. Let's all just say what's on our mind. Let's all, yeah. let's say what really, yeah. this thing needs a, needs a, a blow-up and an absolute restart. So yeah. the big decision for me, Rob, is does Jim Ratcliffe think Eric Ten Hag is the man to rebuild this football club? That is the biggest decision he's going to make when he walks in the door. If he is, and then, mm. you know, give him the right resources... Give him the right setup of team behind him. Go and start building some, buy some players and build what you want to build. Where I don't know, I've got to be honest, is how Jim Ratcliffe is viewing Eric Ten Hag at the moment and the job he's doing with a group of players who should be doing much more. I want to throw this one back at you, Rob, as well, because I kind of was... Last night, I'm thinking mm. to myself, how can United be like, you know, have good days and bad <coughs> days in the same week, you know, Newcastle, Chelsea, Bournemouth... And, and, and be the only team with a negative goal difference in the top 10 and the only team mm. that hasn't got a draw all season. I was trying to think, not getting a draw, what does that mean? 
kind of means on good days when we play and we fancy it and everything, mm. we'll win. And on the other days, actually, mm. we don't turn up. We're not having. I mean, in those days where you, you're not great, but you scrap your way back and get a one-one draw, two-two draw, or something. United don't seem mm. to have those days. Well, they don't, and and um, I, I, there's a stat that uh, that came through with Opta after the game, Rob, and it's, it was Man United have conceded th three or more goals in five different home games mm. in all competitions this season. The last time they did that. Uh, they did so in more different games. It was in 1962-63. So they, they, when it's not going right, mm. they, they collapse like they, they just fold and, and and concede a ton of goals. And it, there has been a lot of those. And I don't know. So 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 what you're saying is they're all they're all in to try and attack. And if yeah, it works great, yeah. they score they goals win. and win. Yeah. If it doesn't work, yeah. then they get well, caught on the lose, other end yeah. of it. I mean, it's just not. I mean, it's just not. This is not. This is not Eric Ten Hag's kind of first few months here. I mean, he's a. He's had plenty of time to assess what he's got, assess what style to go with with his team. I mean, there was booze, you know, the, the whole Martial starting instead yeah. of Rasmus Hoyland. Hoyland comes on, you know, to good cheers and booze with Martial. I mean, it, I, 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 I don't know. And, and you're right, Rob. And we're going over old ground a little bit probably mm. here. Um, I think you're right. I think Jim Ratcliffe will, will have a sense of... I mean, I think the most likely for me is that he'll continue... It depends when he... I, again, for me, it would be the end of the season... Um, but if you're Jim Ratcliffe and you're thinking most of the problems, and to be fair, most of the problems are through recruitment, yeah. then if they get that correct, mm. and if better players start to come in, then maybe he is the guy. There's mm. three parts to it. I think we said it on the show, Rob, a couple, last weekend. There's the, the tactical side of it, and I think, I think he's a smart tactical coach, though maybe we, we, yeah. We're, yeah. we're going back on what we've just talked about, the... the there's a man management side, which is a big question mark. Yeah. Big question, big question mark about man management, falling out with players, the Jaden Sancho thing, how he's handling that. Uh, and then there's recruitment. And if the recruitment gets better, then, then maybe the thought is that he is the man to do it. I got I to, gotta, you know, and, I, and I, 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 shouldn't, I should not mention this, mate, but I can't help but think it. And I mentioned it in the last one. You know, the, the game we just reviewed... And in thinking about people who might come in instead of Eric Ten Hag, Rob, yeah. you know Unai Emery, and uh, and I'm only I'm only chucking out there's a bit of fun, right? Villa fans don't yeah, get too yeah. crazy about it. But just just listen to this. In terms of his experience, his ability to win competitions, local, um, domestically and internationally, he's been around the Premier League a little bit now. He's been in a big club at the Premier League and Arsenal. Didn't work very well. He's showing himself now what a superb coach he is. I think his attention to detail, his work ethic is perfect for Manchester United. Um, I, I, it's hypothetical, mate, but, but, yeah. but if there was going to be somebody other than Eric Ten Hag, because people have said to me, well, who? You yeah. know, you keep, you keep yeah. talking about maybe him leaving the club, but who's going to be next? Yeah. Would Unai Emery be an option for Man United? And would himself, would he... I mean, I'm sure he's got a brilliant connection with those fans, and I'm yeah. not sure he'd want to... Yeah leave for the no, for the, the spotlight of Man United but is that is it a terrible shout Unai Emery could be targeted for Man United not a terrible shout at all and it's funny you say it so me and Phil after the game yesterday we're chatting away you know Phil's obviously Manchester United and Phil legend and we were talking about possible views and we and I kind of threw it him could, could they go and, and get an Unai Emery and, and Phil came up with a very very good argument as to why that might not be the right thing that Unai Emery tends to do it with a set of clubs uh, that are a little bit below that very top yeah. echelon. And so moving him to Manchester United might be the same as a Ten Hag. His Villarreal success. The PSG his, thing PSG, as well. PSG, <clears throat> Sevilla, his, his success mm. there. So maybe, because he said, it's interesting and, and it was fascinating having him around, Rob, where he said, in those clubs, David Moyes was probably, you know, when Moyes went in, he said he, he completely didn't realise how big and how different this job is to what he had at Everton, which was a big club and he'd done well, but he said Manchester United just absolutely was, you know, blew him away. And he wonders whether Unai Emery might fall into that category. Because I also said from a coaching point of view, mm. and I know, again, we're just throwing names out and saying, I think from a coaching point of view, Roberto De Zerbi interests me, Rob, as a coach who can... When I look at what Brighton have in terms of players and what he's turned those players into, as well as the end product and, and the whole uh, build-up of play, mm. I think yeah, that I look yeah, at yeah. Maguire and I look at Luke Shaw and I look at them and think, 
Could he not make better use of these players than now? Again, if he's the right man, whether it be mm. too big for him, he's got a personality, mm. he's a bit fiery, mm. he's a bit more media friendly maybe than, than Tenag. But listen, I'm sure this debate's going to go on and on and we can chuck loads of names at, yeah. at it. But, um, I, you know, it doesn't take away mm. from the biggest decision Jim Ratcliffe's going to make when he walks in that door is does he yeah. back Ten Hag? With the, with the right structure to get it right or does he say actually I've seen what's happened over the last 18 months and I think I'm going to go my, uh, with my own man Just quick before we move on Rob we've yeah. got to give Bournemouth some credit here by the oh, way gosh, and yeah. uh, Andoni Areola that's really starting to figure it out really mm. starting to figure it out 19 points now Rob and, yeah, and playing really good football I thought there were signs a few weeks ago mm. I think I said quite early like, oh, they're playing show, a little bit yeah. better now mm. Um, and I think, and and they there was a little bit of a different one today. It wasn't the, the, today, you know, against Manchester United. It wasn't. It was very counter-attacky, but yeah. very very efficient in doing it. So he's really really found his feet. And Bournemouth, you know, it was a big call, wasn't it? And Absolutely. I remember we were always yeah. like, well, how is he going to do with, with Gary O'Neill at Wolves? And that, that all of a sudden looks well. They got the same. They got the same points after the same amount of games. Wolves and and Bournemouth. So maybe Bournemouth, the ownership will f- start to feel more pleased or happy about the big switch they made in the summer but no good full credit to Bournemouth it's not easy for Bournemouth little old Bournemouth to to do what they're doing in the Premier League so well done uh, and and well done Bournemouth yeah I think it was one of those where Eric Ten Hag should actually have gone to the manager a month award and give it to uh, Ariel on his way back to Bournemouth (laughs) actually you deserve it more than me but hey ho manager of the month didn't do too well for Eric Ten Hag you haven't heard about number crispy yet well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, mate, let's move it to another big game. Mm. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Spurs v Newcastle. I think we're all looking forward to this one. A Spurs team that... Haven't won in, in five, haven't taken the lead in, in, in all those games. A Newcastle team that just come off a, a bit of a poor showing uh, at Goodison Park at Everton. So, you know, all eyes on, was Angeball going to continue? What was Eddie Howe's team about ahead of big Champions League game on Wednesday against AC Milan? Um, I think we can quite convincingly say Ange won this one. Spurs were much brighter, much mm. better. Um, mm. And I thought a few worrying signs for Newcastle, Rob. I know the amount of injuries they've got and how yeah. there's no, ro- you know, he's not able to rotate and, and, and get. But they look a little bit out, out on the feet at the moment, Newcastle. Yeah, they do. Maybe we should start with them, Rob. There's plenty yeah. to talk about both clubs, but I yeah. think Newcastle. The only thing I would say, right? It's the fifth. I think it was the fifth game that the, the outfield players exactly the yeah, same. The fifth game, the same play, team yeah. basically, apart from the goalkeeper, mm. that, that have started. And absolutely, that's the story. It's pretty obvious to everybody. Mm. Look, you look at them, and they just not have the same intensity, and they're not the same team without that intensity. That that's kind of obvious. They've got another Champions League game coming up. Yeah. They've got to go again. It'll probably be the same team again. I know there's a couple of players coming back. Wilson's coming back. Sean Longstaff uh, was on the bench today. The only thing I would say, Rob, right, and, and maybe, you know, he has got players on the bench. It's not as though he couldn't mm. rest and rotate some of these players, Rob. And, and you know, what, 4-1, 3-1 against Everton. That's seven goals, seven goals conceded in two games. Is there anything on Eddie Howe here that, that, that you know, with his five, I mean, I think he uses five subs. There are yeah, five subs yeah, now for yeah, these, yeah. these teams that mm. are getting stretched, which, which I guess helps on this. Though, though it doesn't seem to be helping because there's a million injuries that we haven't, we've not seen before. Yeah. But can Eddie Howe, could have Eddie Howe, and I, I know it's not a strong bench, yeah. um, but he could have made some rotations and changes to try and freshen it up. Do you, do you think there's anything in that? Or, or is he okay just to keep putting the same people out there when there's others... You know, um, I know some of them on the bench are coming back from injury. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But yeah. uh, surely, like, you can, you, there's other players in the club that can come and play and, and try and give some a, a break of a game. Well, I think there's a sense in that players come up. Uh, Wilson was back on the bench and, and um, 
Longstaff was on the bench, so they were two players who hadn't been involved recently who were getting fit. And there's a sense, I think, that you know the, 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 the injuries are getting a little bit uh, better. Um, I think it is an argument. Um, you know, I, I point to, to the, the argument I gave on the on the show today, and I said it from early on, Rob, and I'm not. It's not making me feel any better or worse. That, that it's, I still feel as though this team can only win one way with the way that they play. And I've said from pre-season, with the amount of games they're going to have, I, I looked, Rob, in the next... Every three days, every three days, Newcastle have a game. They play AC Milan in the Champions League. They've got a Premier League game. They've got a League Cup game away to Chelsea, quarter-final of the League Cup. They've got Premier League, they've got Premier League, mm. they've got Premier League. Up through till, that's, I think, January the 1st. Every three days, there is a game. I just don't think to, to, to believe that you can play with that intensity, whether you're swapping players or not, I, I just don't believe that you can continue to do that for the amount of games they're playing and, and think that it, it's going to keep going. And I don't know if Tonali was such a big loss, obviously suspended for, for so much of the season, where they, mm. his control of the football might have helped them keep a little bit more possession. They're just not a team, Rob, who know how to rest in possession. They're not a team who don't always... Every time they get the ball, it's like worked into trying to create a chance. And, and, and I just feel mm. like it's mm. almost... It's too much. Whether, whether they're changing or not, mm. I think Eddie's got to find a way, a bit like Klopp had to do at, at, um, at Liverpool, find a way to not just be reliant on that when they are intense, when it is chaotic, yeah. when they're full on thunder and they're brilliant at it. How can we win when it's, mm. it's not those days? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think um, I mean the, the game could have been a little bit different, Rob. If uh, I think he's at that chance early on, yeah, got in behind yeah. Tottenham. Yeah. I think Ben Davis just got a little yeah, touch on it, on took it, it away yeah. from Isaac. Um, but 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 Spurs. I mean, I mean, I gotta say, you know, you got a lot. I, I I sat watching in my in my front room today, and it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. There's there's no there's no team, Rob, right now that plays fluid. As, as Tottenham Hotspur, there's almost no point doing doing a lineup because mm. it, there's just not. Mm. I mean, you you might as well throw the throw the names up there and put them in a list. Like here they are, here's playing. They could go anywhere. They could be anywhere, and anybody could show up in the box and score goals. I mean, the doggy goal. Yeah. I mean, and you, I knew you guys would break it down that way. I mean, he, he he literally in his head, he's not thinking about anything. I played the ball. Well, I'm going to go and run through here. He's, he's like he's, he's in a centre forward spot at the end of it. The fluidity is like nothing we see now. And I just I don't know also whether there's been a team ever in the Premier League era, maybe before that, that have the fluidity that Tottenham have. And I tell you, it's 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 so much attacking intent that you got to love it. And there is risk to it. Of course, there's risk to it. And and that's again we're going over stuff it's just every time you see them play I feel like I'm repeating myself because every time you see them play it's the same kind of stories like wow yeah. some of this football and so many players going forward and, and they look like conceding a lot as well and I've got to say you know if I'm a, I think the Tottenham fans must be loving it right now yeah. there's going to be some hammerings there's going to be some losses there's already, there has been of course over the last four or five games but you've got to like the way that he's going to continue with it and maybe Newcastle was a good game matchup today given yeah all the things we just talked about in Newcastle, but you still got to love the way that they play and, and Kulusevski playing in that midfield and, and those and Doggy and Poro playing almost like high eights, yeah. high number eights in those little pockets. It's um, it's fun to watch, mate. And, and I feel good for Richarlison as well, getting a couple of goals. Um, he'll feel better about himself. Interesting yeah. interesting kind of switch, Rob, wasn't it? It was Son on the left. Yeah, put Son on the left. And Richarlison yeah. up through the middle. I mean, Son was brilliant in that position. He assisted, he assisted the first two goals off the top of my head. I think he yeah. did. He Against gets Trippier, behind uh, Kieran on Trippier, which is a good matchup. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Spurs style and this guy and what he's doing. It is different. And I, and I know he's going to get backlash um, when when they get beat badly sometimes because mm. they will um, but right now is there, is he's trying as in his word says I'm trying to build something here mate he's trying to build a team mm. that when he gets more players in maybe that'll become a little bit less you know look like conceding so much but it was another example and a, and a and, a, and, a, and probably a good time to do it when you've had a yeah. few losses Rob to get back on track no listen everybody we're not going to flip and fold now and, and, and go on a run or losing we're going to do the same thing 
and this is why we do it because we he feels and this is the best way of of winning games and he, he's, he said I, I, I'm quoting from a press conference that he said I just you know it's great that it's fun to watch but it's the way that I believe the best way is to win games and um, you know we'll see as he, as he goes on in this Premier League Yeah a couple of things just on that mate uh, and I totally agree with, with you in terms of, of, of what we see and, and, and he's stuck to the way he wants to, to win football games and play and be fluid and get players in those high attacking areas of the pitch totally get all of that I think, uh, and I think Graham uh, Lasseau was alluding to it before the game. Uh, he did a little hit with Graham and John Champion, and he, and he, and he touched something that I, that I was thinking in terms of. I totally agree with, and, and I love that this guy is standing by his beliefs and going to play the way he wants to play. And yeah. If it's successful, great. And some might say he'll get criticism, and if it isn't successful, he'll stand by it. But th- there is moments in games where, and, game, and Graham used the phrase game management, which again, I, I'm not in love with the, the phrase, but mm. I just feel that mm. the, the, the evolution of this is sometimes just having a little structure to go back to, Rob. You know, they've, they've been ahead in five games in, their, in this run when they've not won, um, and they've, they've given up leads. Now, I'm not saying to, to change your mindset, change of what we're going to do when we go. But is there, is there little triggers that say, actually, for, for, five, for five minutes here in the game, let's just be this team. Let's have this structure. Let's just know where we are. Right, now let's go again, Ange ball time. That, that's something I'm, I'm wondering, can he develop into the, into the, to the, um, the system and the, and the psyche of the players? But it's not just going forward, let's attack, let's score more than the opposition. Every now and then, we've got to be a little bit little bit protective in this league because it, it, it's so dangerous. My second point, Rob, and, and this one slightly worries me more than, than the first, is mm-hmm. Christian Romero is becoming a liability. He just got back <laughs> in the team. He's come from a three-game suspension where he's had a terrible challenge. He comes flying yeah. out of the back. He gets the heel <laughs> of, of, of Callum Wilson... Could possibly could on another day with another referee in another situation could be seen another ban. His emotional control, and yes, he gets caught up in it. Maybe it's a Spurs day and they're flying and they're winning and he wants to win. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. He's a massive asset for the club, Rob. But he needs reining mm. in on on that because if they're going to get to big games and you can't rely on him, if they're going to get mm. to semi-finals of cups and Champions League one day. And you can't rely on him, Rob. Mm. That he wants to show he's the tough guy. There's a problem. Yeah. So I think it's a good, I think it's a fair point on number two. The second point about Christian Romero. I think I think he he's such an aggressive player. It, it looks like he adores the the physical side of it. And you're right. Nowadays you've got to be so careful. Um, I, I'm just I'm just trying to sort of think how the manager can affect that and how he can change. He's 25 years of age. Look it up his age here. 25 years of age is, you know, I remember Arsene Wenger always saying famously that at 23 years of age, that, that's kind of what you've got. The player, you, you, that's what you've got. You ain't changing too much after 23. Um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think right now though, Rob, and I get that and, I, and I, that's why I thought the point when you said about in a late, uh, when, it's, when, it's the, when this thing matures and they're in big games, for, I, I think that's a very valid point. Right now, I think there's, there's, I, like you said, he's a really good player. He's a World Cup champion. Um, I, I think there's more issues, more things to address than that. But I absolutely take that on board. The first part of it, Rob, the first point you made there, and I get that. And and that, but the only thing I would say on that, right? And I, and again, this is just my take on it. When players have, and, and let's just say that your your idea there is to go into a, into a bit of a shell or 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 a, or a defensive. Mm-hmm kind of mindset for five minutes or whatever what you you're saying you're saying kind of like okay let's just let's just rein it in i think is what you said for mm. five or ten minutes the only thing i would say about that is if that's an option to the players and to the team when do, you, you you're giving them decisions to make about when to use that or or are we capable, are we free from that now can, can we now go and do our thing and I know exactly why you're saying it, and it's a sensible comment. I'm just trying to think of if players are given another way of playing, mm. could they like, well, hey, guy, I think it's now. I think I think now's the time when we got to we got to come back in and don't do that and come back here. Mm. And 
do you know what I mean, Rob? Is, I is, do, is it, does, and is I hear it, your point. Does it get confusing? I hear your point, but I think, and, I, and I'm going to be respectful of both our careers, I think the modern-day player is more flexible, has a better tactical understanding than we did in the day. I mean, and let me tell you why I say this. I remember a conversation. I went and watched Chelsea training in a pre-season at UCLA, and I was talking to... Thomas Tuchel and his assistant manager, and we were chatting about things, and, I, and he said to me, he's an ex-player, I think he played at, at um, he's the like, guy from Liverpool, I think he might have been Liverpool reserves and played somewhere low down Wigan or somewhere in the league. Anyway, he said to me, you know the biggest difference between our era and the era of the, the guys now? He said, they're smarter, they're tactically more aware, and they do stuff on video now. It's not all on training ground. And, all, and he said, it's a, mm. the, the football of today is very different from the football of the 80s and 90s. And so all I'm saying in those situations are, let's not bunker in, because they're not a bunkering in team. I don't think they'd be very good at bunkering in. But now and then, maybe, mm. can mm. Porro and Thingy come a bit deeper? Can one go and one stay? Can, you know, can Basuma in the middle of the port grow into the guy who says, come on, for... Hang in here for a little bit. OK, we're good now. So you can go. You, I just think a, a mm. development of IQ, of understanding, of, of reading a game, I think these players are capable of doing that without being, thinking we're going away from, oh, I'm confused. Are we mm. playing Angeball mm. or are we not? Mm. That, that would be yeah. my yeah. counter-argument, Rob. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good point. It's a good point. And I think it's going to be fascinating, Rob. I mean, yeah. I, you know, whether he does that. I think there'll be times in games, I thought there was a little moment in this game as well, where, you know, sometimes you are forced back a little bit. The other team play really good. They've had, a, you know, and you do, there, there is a defensive shape that I think Spurs have without the ball. So I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah. But I suppose it's in possession where you're saying, oh, let's just hang the fire a little bit. But where I think they were always going to try and do the same things. Anyway, it's something to, yeah, to, to kind of monitor going forward. Yeah. It, was a, yeah. it was a good day. It was a good day at the, at the, uh, the stadium, Tottenham Hospital mm. Stadium. And a really good victory and, and, and feel good for, for Richarlison and, and Son. And uh, again, the fullbacks, what they do is, is pretty remarkable. But no, it's an uh, interesting chat, Rob. And we'll, we'll keep that going as we as watch the team develop. You haven't heard about number crispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It was a good day. Goodison Park, my friend, is something we are starting to say on a regular <laughs> basis. Dyke, yeah. in Sean Dyke, you know what we do in Sean Dyke, my oh. friend. We trust in the great ginger man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, super confident, in great form, um, great energy. I think the change that I made a note of was Ashley Young was in at uh, right back yeah. for Seamus Coleman. Actually, Young went off injured as well, so that's something they need to be careful of. A couple of things that I that I want to, or a couple of people want to. It's actually three people I want to pick out. First off, um, some player that I think you pointed out a few weeks ago, Rob uh, Jared Bra Branthwaite, the yeah. centre back, mm -hmm. had another big, big game at, cent at central defence. There, um, another very, very big game. Um, so that's an easy one. Dwight McNeil, I thought, was excellent, Rob, throughout the game. And listen, we, we kind of joked a little bit about this guy and, and, and we joke about how good he is or not. Um, but he, he is starting to excel, really, from a wide position. Of course, we know the manager trusts him from his time at Burnley. Sean Dyche knows all about him. I thought his influence in the game was very, very good, particularly with a lovely ball in for that first goal that Decore uh, hammers in after the, the rebound off the goalkeeper. And... I'll go straight, straight to a guy, the third guy I mentioned, and is going to be my underappreciated performer, is the manager, Sean Dyche. And what, what an incredible job he's done at this football club um, in, steering, in steering them in an awful situation last year uh, and getting awful news of the 10 points deduction. He has been impeccable in leading a club out of a crisis and through smart recruitment, because the longer he's there, the more windows. You know, he has now created a team in his own kind of 
spirit and he talks about mentality that's, that's, that we're seeing now, but it's got a bit of quality as well. You know, the additions of James Garner in midfield, the addition of um, Jack Harris on the right-hand side, and a, plus a couple of others are making this team better. But I just think, listen, I haven't always... I've, me and you have kind of had a bit of fun with Sean Dyche over the years and we, about how far or who he can manage. And I've said, well, I don't know whether he can go... But, but uh, of course, at Everton, he was always a very good uh, fit. And now I just... I mean, I think he is appreciated, Rob. So, you know, many out there might say, listen, we love what he's doing. Yeah. But I just wanted to double down on it and say, wow. What, you know, I'm not sure there's many other managers that could have handled the pressure, the blimmin', the, the, this great football club of going out of the Premier League with a new stadium, financial problems, the points deducted. To handle that the way he's handled it has been absolutely remarkable, mate. And I, and, um, I just wanted to give him a shout-out and... And I'm sure he's not underappreciated, but he, 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 I want to make sure everybody realises that from my side of things, what an unbelievable job he is doing in taking care, basically, taking care of this, this great football club and looks like he's going to lead them to safety again. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of time to go and he ain't out of it yet, of course, but they look a good side. And what a, what a great job he's doing, Rob. So I just wanted to give him a yeah. shout, uh, Sean Dyche. It's a brilliant shout, and you know the Ginger Mourinho. You're never going to get an argument from yeah. you with, with Sean Dyche. Uh, the job he's doing, uh, the team now looks yeah. set, Rob. It looks like, Phil Neville said to me yeah. today, it's like it's got Burnley's structure with better players now, so they can do more. Yeah. And he said that's what he's showing. Yeah. With better level of player, he can do a little bit more and that was the question that everybody always said about Sean Dyche, well he can do that bit but what, what, you know, what's he going to be like when we've got possession, I think you're right I think his personality mm. for this football club is perfect, I think he represents it well, I think he talks well, I think mm. he didn't sulk yeah. about the, the 10 point penalty he told his players yeah. to brush it off let's get on with things uh, we just did the lowdown Rob and anyone who gets a chance to, to hear it, one of my questions that I had to ask Rebecca Lowe was who finishes higher this season, Everton or Chelsea? You have to remember, Everton had a 10-point deduction. Everton sits six points wow. behind Chelsea. Who finishes higher? And Rebecca Lowe said, right now, I'd probably have to say Everton. No way. She said Everton will finish oh, wow. above Chelsea. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, mm. and I love it, and that's what's great about the lowdown. Yeah. Bex comes with she comes with she comes with some great takes and some yeah. strong takes, mm. and controversial takes. Totally, I mean that's the whole point of us doing it. It's, it's great, great, great. Um, but yeah, why not? I mean, they, 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 I don't think that'll happen. I think Chelsea yeah. will, will have to talk to me about Chelsea. <laughs> have to Rob, find today. a little bit of form at some talk point. Talk to me about yeah. Chelsea today. I mean, um, they didn't turn up at Man City, and you talked about lack of energy and lack of drive and blah blah. Mm. They, Spirit, I thought they, mm. they, they, it wasn't an awful lot. And they, there was one shot on target in the first half. Um, I think Everton had one shot. Uh, Chelsea didn't have any uh, on target. I think there was a, a couple of efforts. Um, Cole Palmer looked, looked the most dangerous. Build up another injury for for Reece James. Rob, we're hearing the hamstring that is, is, yeah. is you know for the captain of the football club can't seem to get a run of games together, which doesn't help him, doesn't help the manager. Four changes, Rob, to to the Chelsea team. Silver didn't yeah. start. Colwell didn't start. Sterling didn't start. Uh, and I'm forgetting to, mm. who else didn't make. Oh, uh, Kukurea, was it? Um, no, Kukurea played left back, wasn't it? It was a right back who, who, who was different, but. It was um, it was a different looking Chelsea, but in the end, Rob, I kind of feel like some games are won through different things. I just felt the will wasn't there today. I mean, talk about the football, mm. the great couple yeah. of chances. I just sometimes think like the personality of of, of Deitch is coming through it, into his team. And Beck said to me, "Well, isn't Potch's personality? Shouldn't Potch's personality be coming through to the place? We know that there's." You know, still lots of questions, still lots of potential, still a lot of work to do. But shouldn't we see a little bit more of that? Let's just dig in here today and let's see it, see how it goes. Yeah, I, I, it's. Um, I, I, I think in general, Rob, today and most the build-up play is okay mm, from Chelsea. Yeah. They they kind of build yeah. up okay, and maybe that's that's right when you consider the midfield players they've got. Mm. You know, Enzo Fernandez is a good footballer, is a World Cup winner with Argentina. Caicedo knows how to play in midfield. But I think it's at both ends, isn't it? It's at, it's at both ends. It's the defensive side of things and it's the attacking side of it. There's no punch. There's very little punch in this game from their front players in the attacking third. And they look like conceding goals a lot. I mean, listen, we, we've talked many times about the money spent. Let me, let me chuck this in for some comparisons, Rob. And this is a, this is a very Robbie Hill thing to do here. And we know the amount of money spent 
the different amount of money spent by Chelsea and Everton. Yeah. But is there that much difference between Kukurea, Mikalenko, Mudrick, McNeil, mm. Enzo, James Garner, Buddy Shield, Branthwaite? You know, that's just a few off the top yeah. of my head I made yeah. a note of. Like, yeah. it, it, when you're looking at it, I thought it looked pretty even. But then you remember the amount of money that Chelsea have had to pay for some of these players and they're on a, on a pitch where others are looking equal, if not better than them. So yeah. it, it will always, for me, go back to, to the, the, the thought of all this money been spent on these young players that aren't proven. I think I've said it every single podcast, by the way, when we talk about Chelsea, because that's what worried me from day one, still worries me now, that a lot of these players aren't that great. So you don't have a great team. And great teams don't get great results and they end up in mid-table. Now, you know... Maybe they're better than that. And people keep telling me that somebody in social media said to me, you know, when do we start, when do we start pointing a Pochettino with yeah. all this talent? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just said, hmm, with all this talent? So, where, where, so let me throw that to you, yeah, Rob. Yeah. Is this starting to look like a Pochettino problem or maybe you're different to me or, or is still the players not at the right level for him to do his, to do his best work? I think, and again, I don't like this phrase, but it's a phrase that's used. He gets a free hit this season. I've said it's a 38-game experiment. Every game yeah. he should be writing down what he's learned, what he's seen, what he knows, what mm. he's still questioning. It's interesting. I, I had a note on, on my, um, my research, Rob, for the game, and I was looking, I said, Pickford, Tarkovsky, uh, Branthwaite and Garner are better than Sanchez... Yeah. Silver, Disordi, whichever you want, and, and, and um, Caicedo yeah. right now. Right now. The base of what yeah. Everton's got is better than the base of what Chelsea's got. Now, this time next season, mm. Rob, if we are 15 or 16 games into next season and we're still having these same con conversations, Poch is in trouble. But so you'll still, still, it will still be his fault, even though we don't think the players are that great? Oh, um, well... What I'm suggesting, and actually it's interesting, I'm glad you've just reminded me, I think after the game today he's talked about we need to do some work in the window, which tells me that he's not happy with what he's got. I think he does. And he I said he we does. need to I do work does. in the summer. So I'm basing on work in the yeah. window, time for the second half of the season, work in the summer, and then you get half the season following. By this time next year, Rob, we should know what Chelsea yeah. are. And if we, if we haven't, yeah. Poch isn't doing his job properly and I think questions will be start to be asked. Yeah, so, so just, just summarising that. So, yeah. so the, more, the more windows with the more influence that Correct. he can have on yeah. recruitment. And I think Absolutely. now they've got it figured out. They've got, they've got two directors of football. They've got, they've got it all set up. And maybe a lot of this has come from very early purchases of, of Toboli and, and the owners when they first took over. That it's not help, it's not helping now, but, but I agree with him. I think it needs I think they need help in the windows. Anyway, um, well done Everton. Well yeah. done Everton. Um, yeah. Chelsea fans are, gonna, are going through a tough period right now, and, and I, I thought it might have a tough season for them. But anyway, um, let's move it on, Rob, to oh a team that um, are, <laughs> have quietly quietly mm. found themselves at the top of the league table. Crystal Palace one, Liverpool mm. two. Um, somehow turn this game around Rob when yeah. I'm watching it was the first game of the weekend wasn't it I'm, 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 of course I'm watching the game and uh, wow they were they were they struggled in this game until the big moment later on what was the big moment later was, on oh, the Jordan are you red card the two, yeah, yellows. two yellows yeah, yeah. change the game um, but they've struggled before that I thought yeah. Liverpool I yeah. thought they were stodgy I thought yeah. I thought Palace did a reasonable job of doing what they do um but Liverpool's kind of pounced on the man extra was pretty stunning, wasn't it? And Mo Salah getting his 200th goal for Liverpool, 150th in the Premier League uh, for the team in 247. It's a brilliant, brilliant number. Um, you got the deflection, the goal. But, but they found a way to win the game, Rob. And I think, you know, like, like we can always say and people can always say, and that's the thing with football, we won games. Like, it, they didn't play great, but winning when you don't play great is the stuff of champions. So that, that could qualify for this game as well. What did you think of the game? Um, I thought... Palace had a reaction to the Roy Hodgson. He'd had a go at Palace yeah. fans, you know, about what they expect. He went back on that. I thought he, his team put in a bit of solid performance. I thought they'd earmarked Endo, the defensive midfield player in the middle of the park who couldn't get his passes off. The pace of the game hurt him. They closed him yeah. down. Uh, yeah. Well, he came off at half-time. Yeah. Gomez came on at right-back. Trent went into that hole that made Liverpool a little bit better because his quality is better. 
Um, and as you say, the, 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 the Jordan RU thing changes the game because with a man up then and their attacking prowess, it was good. I think Klopp deserves some credit, Rob. Rob, I thought his second half subs were good. I thought Harvey Elliott gave his life, Curtis Jones came on, um, Canate came on for Kwanzaa, mm. the kid who gave the penalty away. Um, and yeah. with Mo Salah, you, listen, 200 goals in that, in that space of time is incredible. And Elliot's come on to good effect in, in games and is a bright spark. And, and it kind of reminded me, Rob, I think of this game, that squads are so important. You've, you've talked about what Eddie Howe maybe didn't do in Newcastle. And, and Pepot sometimes, you say, comes off and, and doesn't use any subs. The ability to change a game. And, and one of the guys, yeah. uh, sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention with Unai Emery. I think Unai Emery's tactical substitutions are excellent he, he affects games with the subs that he makes and I think Jurgen Klopp's one of them mm. as well I think some managers are, are really into it more into other managers tend to be like I'll stick with this 10-11 and if somebody's injured or really tired I'll change them otherwise mm. I'll leave it but um, no, credit to Liverpool mm. coming back and as you say top of the table mate um, they're not playing anywhere near to their full potential but quietly sneakily going along their business just a couple of decisions, Rob, that I, I wanted to talk about. The, the penalty. Yeah. Uh, so, like you just talked about it. Uh, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa on, on Jean-Philippe Mateta. Yeah, Mateta. It's, 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 um, I, I think we got... This is like a modern penalty, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, a modern, modern penalty. There's penalties yeah. now that, that, yeah. that, that, that aren't given Absolutely. because the referees, they, 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 they're looking at the game and mm. it's fast and challenges are made and uh, they're like, well, there's something there, but that's fine, carry yeah. on. Yeah. But now, because of video... Yeah. We, we zoom in on it and oh look oh yeah he was a little bit late and he, he stood on his foot it's like I mean are we okay with this Rob are we okay with the game being refereed at slow well, motion really and, and, and like I, any contact it seems well not all of them because there was one yeah, in the game yeah, the Arsenal, Arsenal game, game wasn't it that yeah. wasn't given mm. so that, that my, my, my question is are we giving too many penalties when there's not enough contact and the PGMOL that said to us at the start of this season or the start of last season the bar's going to be raised for contact yeah. not all touches in the box are going to be penalties yeah. was this one of those or was this genuinely you know the referee everybody, you know the referee kind of was there and didn't you know yeah. what are it we was, doing we, we open up this kind of worms that do you know what I mean? Well, I think with this one as well, Rob, it was, uh, we, we, we recorded 144 seconds after the incident that he goes over to VAR. So the game is flowing, yeah. from, you know, yeah. and then we go back. Yeah. I, I, I think, as you said, and I think I said that, it's the modern penalty. You go back, and then there's a tick list when you go to VAR. Okay, is there contact? Oh, yes. Does he catch a player? Yes. Does he get the ball? No. Oh, okay, modern penalty. Tick, away you go. But, but the, the problem is that it doesn't happen on all cases. If every one of those is, is a modern penalty, then, OK, we just get used to it. But it's because some seem to be modern penalties, some, well, nah, it wasn't much of a contact. So we start going down that road know, then, and, and, and it's different. Um, but I could see that... Mm. I, I felt there was just enough contact on this, and I could see why that penalty kick was given. I've got to be honest on that mm. one. Mm. The, the yellow card one is, mm. is the other one, Rob, and I think we've talked again on the, on the podcast. Yeah. The two yellows. I mean... Mm. It's hard to argue because it's a foul and, and, and Holly Elliott's breaking away and he's maybe denying them the attacking opportunity. It just fit. It was, a trip. was he though? Was he though? It's a trip. Was it? Was it? It's the... a trip. And it's it, it, a trip. Does and, that deserve and, and, a red card? Does that deserve to go down to ten men and lose a guy for another game for the, for a second trip? Could he not be saying there? Careful, Jordan. You on one another one of those, mate? And I'm going to have to give it you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I tweeted something very similar. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, that's such an impact on a game like yeah. that. It's yeah. such an Changes impact. It's so game. harsh on Crystal Changes Palace. He's in front of the ball, you know, and he's like, you know, I, I don't know if he could get out of the way for the first yellow card. He stood in front of the ball. Yeah. And then it's a foul. I think the difference now between fouls, and you sort of say stop and a premise and attack. Well, the very nature of having to go for a ball, like, you probably are going to do that. The game is so transitional now where you win the ball and you go to the other end. You know, so every foul, I just feel like every foul is so so close to being a yellow card, like, and two of them, we've seen it so many times this year. And not only did that affect the game and turned a, a three points into zero points for Crystal Palace, I mean, who knows what would have happened, but you know what I mean. And also, he's going to be suspended. He's going to yeah, miss a game yeah, for that. Game, and, yeah. and for two small little things, um, it, again, it's... 
you know, these are these are these these are big consequences to to these decisions, and um, I don't know, you know, and I don't want to be the the, the miserable flipping ranter on on our, yeah. on our podcast, mate. Yeah, but you know, I, I actually bumped into some friends the other day when I went out, and they was we were talking about it, and it's probably that's why it's on my mind. They're sort of saying, God, it. The, the modern game has is, is got so soft and everybody's going down and, and what's happening is that, that because players are used to seeing it, yeah. any time there's any sort of contact, they're flying to the ground because they know that video is going to pick it up if there was a bit of contact. So um, anyway, listen, I don't want to get into that. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2, brilliant for Liverpool. They're at the top of the Premier League table right now. And, and I think what we can say, Rob, in terms of that race is that nobody's perfect. No, We've seen that to this no, point. It's, it's nobody's perfect. Liverpool didn't year. play well in this yeah. game. Yeah. It's going to be an imperfect winner, mm. and, that, and and in some ways that's fun, fun for yeah, people absolutely. neutrals out there that are watching this title race. Mm. It's going to be, you know, who knows? Survivor the fittest. The City going to find a run again? Can Liverpool go and play a lot better and be more rounded? You know, whoever it is, can Arsenal? I know, it's just it, it makes it a lot better. But but fair play, Liverpool not playing well, winning the game. Yeah. They'll go out of there and, and 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 get on a bus or the flight back up to Liverpool and be very very happy. Let's take it to Kenworth Road, because at one stage, my friend, at half-time, we had yeah. one of the biggest shots yeah. in Premier League history. Adebayo with a goal uh, from a, a Townsend cross. We've got Pep talking to a fourth official, walking on the pitch, not happy. We've got Pep going into the dressing room. In fairness to City, got mm. about their business better in the second half. Get the goals through. Bernardo Silva comes up with so many big moments for them. Jack Grealish gets an important winner. In the end, uh, there was an incident in this game. I thought Jacob uh, Brown was a little fortunate with, with a jump in on, on Phil Foden yeah. that went to VAR, serious foul play, and it was deemed not serious enough to, to warrant the red card. So he got away with nothing, didn't get, even get a yellow card in that situation. That I thought was a poor decision. Um, but one mm. of those w- weeks where City just had to win, didn't they? I mean, the headline writers were already at half time writing the headlines of the haves and the have-nots and the multi-millionaires and the paupers. You could see it all, couldn't you? Uh, But City got a win, important win. Rodri back in the team obviously helps them, makes them better. Um, And Mm. no Haaland today, Rob. We heard that there's some reoccurrence of a stress of a... Injury that he's got, which it's I fought, is to, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said to Bex, just doesn't sound great. If, if one of those things is going to keep flaring up every now and then, I, I just wonder how that will that will mm. look between now and the mm. end of the season. But I suppose the main thing for City was back to winning ways, got the win. Jack Greeley said everybody can calm down now and stop looking at City. Um, it was an mm. important win, Rob, mm. even though it, it just at two one. Mm. Yeah, I didn't see much of it. I saw the goals and the highlights. Of course, it was in that window and stuff's going on. Yeah. I, but don't worry about it. I was, I was about to turn over. You know, second half, like, well, I, I'm turning over. I think I was watching the Chelsea game, yeah. uh, the Everton-Chelsea game. I was, I, I'm turning this over if it's still the same in 20 yeah. minutes. And of course, mm-hmm. I look at the scoreline and it's yeah. changed. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't take a look at it. But no, I, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that, with, the, with Erlen Haaland. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because the Champions League qualifying stage, all European competitions kind of come to an end this week. I think it's the last yeah. match week, six, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And the, because there have been so many injuries, but then we're going to go into a crazy busy holiday period, festive fixtures that, God, it's game after game after game. So, you know, I don't know how, how it's all going to shake out and which squads are the strongest and stuff, but, you know, they can't afford to lose Erlen Haaland for a long period of time, I wouldn't think, when you haven't got De Bruyne and, and a, a couple of others aren't playing particularly well. But they got it done, got the yeah. job done. I mean, Lewin, wow, what, what a flipping story that would have been. Um, going through the others, mate, because we, we, we're reaching yeah. the end now. Sheffield United, fair play to them. They yeah, won at home. Chris Wilder, the new manager. Mm-hmm. James McAtee scored, I think, right on the, the stroke of half-time, beat Brentford 1-0. Wolves won, Nottingham Forest won. Um, I'm not sure how much his job was in jeopardy after today's game. I know you guys made a big deal yeah, of it, but he's got one so, game to go I mean, and all that. I, 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 who was say, I don't know who was saying so. I, I, well, but it was coming out from, I know the, under from pressure. people close to the club. So, was it? Yeah, that, you know, if he lost, they, 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 they would, um, he'd lose his job. All right. But they didn't lose it. It's 1-1. Um, Brighton won. Burnley won. I think Brighton come up from behind in that one. Yeah, uh, Odegaard get another goal for them, and then scored, yeah. yeah, and then how about that one? Five nil, uh, Fulham five, mm. West Ham United nil, and, and, and Raúl Jiménez gets a goal. Willian, Vinicius, a good day for Fulham, and all of a sudden Marco Silva's got mm. Fulham playing great, and I guess an off day for West Ham United. Rob, what, what a result that is! Yeah, really off day for West Ham, and that's ten goals in 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 two games for Fulham. By the way, beat Forest five nil in the week, beat. 
West Ham 5 0 uh, mm-hmm. today. And I'm going to go to my underappreciated performer of the week, my friend. Because there's a certain gentleman who had a horrific head injury, um, who's struggled to hit the form oh, yeah. that he had before. Raul Jimenez is my underappreciated performer of the week. I believe now he's four goals in his last five Premier League games. He's playing without the head mm. protection on, and I don't know how mentally mm. or, or physically that has changed the way he plays. Uh, looks happier, scoring the kind of goals we saw in the, the goal or goal of, of Wolves. Um, is a massive asset to a team and a good Raul Jimenez is a difference maker to, to Fulham because he fills the boots of, of Mitrovic, he stays at the top end of the pitch with a focal point and has got good technical skills, it's, we've seen him in the past, he's a good finisher yeah. uh, for Wolves and just a man who I think everybody was starting to look at and in a way feel a bit sorry as if like mm. not sure we're mm. ever going to see mm. the same Raul mm. Jimenez again so mm. I think just to see him back mm. in the goals back smiling back enjoying his football Rob my underappreciated performer of the week is Raul Jimenez I like it and I think everybody in football wants to see him get back to what he was before what, and he's an absolute legend in Mexico the way that he plays as a striker um and, and it's so great to, to see him scoring goals. I think you said, yeah, four and five yeah, now. Four and five that's that's yeah. kind of what yeah. we wanted to see. And and yeah, it's a it's a it's a good shout because somebody that we've like, I think you're right. I think people are like, oh, you know, Raúl. It's, it's kind of a sad one, really. And you know, Mitrovic has left the football club, and Raúl Jiménez is the player that go in there, and is he the right guy to fill those boots apart from everything else to find his form again? So that's really good. It's a really good story for him and a great story for Marco Silva. I think he's proven himself now to be a really, really strong Premier League manager at this club that, that looked like it might have a difficult season. And it still might, but that's a great result. Two results, you're right there. Um, but Raul Jimenez is a, is a good shout, Rob, and um, so pleased for him. So pleased, particularly the first goal, really good header from a great ball in. Um, so, no, good shout. Fulham 5, West Ham 0. Um, yeah, it rounded off a very fun and interesting Full of storylines, weekend in the Premier League as normal. Well, that was Matrix 16, my friend, and it was all change in all areas of the Premier League table. Liverpool sit top, Villa close up, Man City finally get a win and Manchester United lose a game. We'll look out, look out for next week's episode. That's on Sunday, December the 17th, when we'll recap Matrix 17 in the Premier League as Liverpool prepare for a very special guest. Visitors from Old Trafford. Yeah, Liverpool v Manchester United next Sunday. That's 1130 a.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock. But for now, I'm ill. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. You haven't heard about number crispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.